When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Yes, yes. Welcome in to another edition of the Tim McKernan Show here on the Inside STL Podcast Network. I am your host, Timothy Michael McKernan, alongside producers Gangster Pete and Iggy. And welcome to a sowed with a story. And by that, I mean a sowed with a guest presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, who joins us in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Our guest, Polo Asensio. Now, I know I say the name and you go, I, that sounds familiar, but I don't. He is the voice of the Cardinals' Spanish language broadcast. And I'm sure some people go, okay, I mean, are we doing this in Spanish? Are we doing this? No, he speaks English. I don't speak Spanish. Took four years of Latin. Uh, can't do much with it, be candid with you. Um, but uh, his story is phenomenal. And I, I don't even know if I really want to even, like, attempt to... I mean, what's the point of, like, like te- there's no tease to it. Uh, it's just... An, it's an absolutely incredible story. Um, from where he came from to what he was doing just a handful of years ago. I mean, a handful of years ago to what he is now doing now, calling Cardinals games with Yadier Molina's brother, Benji Molina. Um it's emotional. It's emotional right at the outset, actually. And his passion for what he does, his passion for life, I don't think you can help but like him, um, but also just be inspired, candidly. I think that's the way I would, that's the word I would take away from the interview uh, by his story. You know, let me put it this way. This is what I'll say. This is what I will say. If you see or hear someone calling a Major League Baseball game on any of the regional telecasts or local radio broadcasts, barring the biggest of surprises, that person was working it at at least 10 years ago. There's just, very rarely would you find an exception. I mean, in other words, you know, like Joe Buck was this outlier. Otherwise, you know, the earliest, I think Dan McLaughlin started maybe at 28 calling games. I think that math is right. Oh, maybe a little younger than that, actually. But uh, either way, I mean, these are outliers. Usually these are people who are either doing it 10 years ago or they were working at it in school or in the minor leagues to get the you know, lottery ticket of getting one of the very few jobs calling Major League Baseball, whether it be on television or radio. That was Polo's dream. But his background in getting there is, is 
different of a road as you're going to find in the game. And I would imagine in, in almost all of sports, I can't imagine anything more unique. Um, and so that's, that sets the stage for this interview. He's presented to you by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He always presents our guests here on the Tim McKernan Show. And we do it in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. I got to tell you something. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Eh. With interest rates as low as they are, we're looking a little bit. We're looking a little bit. I don't know if we'll do it, but we're looking a little bit. Game kind of changed with interest rates dropping. And Ryan Kelly and the HomeLoanExpert.com team, they can save you money. It changed when the interest rates dropped. And... Even if you're not looking to buy a home, what about refinancing? Take advantage of the situation. Go online at thehomeloanexpert.com. If we do it, you can bet your red rider that I'm going to be doing it with Ryan Kelly, period. Thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com, the sponsor of our studios here on the Tim McKernan Show. And our guest is presented to you by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He is online at evergreenstl.com. You know, he's become a regular on the uh, on the Ryan Kelly Morning After, uh, calling into the show. And, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm glad that he is because people are getting to hear what I have been saying now for about a, about a, I guess, not a year, about nine, ten months. And they can just tell he's a really good guy. I can tell he's a really sharp guy. But for our audience members who are in their 20s and 30s, which is what I look back on and go, man, I wish I would. God, I can't even. I cringe. Um with thinking how I handled my money then just cringe. Um, this, I, I want people to really pay attention and give him a call and, and become a client. Uh, you'll be happy. you did. It'll make life better for you, not just in the short term, but in the long term. peace of mind. And if you're past in your twenties and thirties and going, Oh my God, it's in disarray. I need somebody to point me in the right direction. Mark Hanna's your guy. Call him at 314-889-0503. That's 314-889-0503. Or go online to evergreenstl.com. Mark Hanna with Evergreen Wealth Strategies. He is our guest presenting sponsor every week here on the Tim McKernan Show. So this week, our guest, ladies and gentlemen, in the HomeLoanExpert.com studios is Polo Asensio. Polo, thanks so much for coming in, man. Well, thank you. I mean, it's better late than never, right? That's I mean, right. Uh, people say, oh, yeah, St. Louis, we need, you know, this this city is growing. Leave me. You, you want the city to grow, but um, you don't want it to grow that fast and that much where traffic holds you back from being in time, which happened today. But it happens. Yeah, thankfully, this is going on and on and on. It's going to live forever on, on the Internet. So if I don't tell you I'm late, you don't even know, but I'm, I'm telling you I'm late. So. For the record, Polo ran late, but it's okay. I run late all the time. <laughs> so I was I, I, we met uh, maybe like a year and a half ago. Yep. Uh, when you started uh, doing the uh, Spanish language broadcasts for the Cardinals, but I had no idea of your backstory. And I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Now, do you realize that it's incredible? Or you just kind of like, yeah, that was my life. So I don't really think that much of it. That That is great. That what you just said, it's, that's what it is. And, um, you know, people that, that follow me on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm active, you know, my, I'm following the advice of my daughter. She's like, dad, you need to be more active. You need to create. You need to create and grow your brand. I'm like, I didn't even know I had a brand. So uh, I guess now I'm growing my brand. So look for Polo Brand. Um, but but uh, a few years back, when I worked for the Dodgers or started working for the Dodgers, a good friend of mine, his name is Mike Takeuchi. He wrote a very nice article, and I was very humbled by it. That described my basically from where I was born in Tijuana to 
my journey to Dodger Stadium. But that was that was that. So the the latest article uh, that Ben Hockman did a, yeah. a, a very good job. By the way, I had to bribe him to. I need to. That buy, was a PRP. I, I had to buy him ice cream. For him to, to talk to me now. That was now. part of you growing that, the brand. Exactly. That was the, I, I'm going to put that on my expenses for next uh, next year's taxes. So he wrote an article from the day, basically picking it up from where I last, I last uh, talked to Mike to what we are right now. Gosh. So when I tweeted it out or put it on my Facebook, I said what you just said. You know, one, one, one quote that I love, I don't even know who said it first, but somebody did. You think you know me, but you have no idea. Mm-hmm. You think you know Polo Asensio, the guy, the the one that you know that always happy, always joyous, always just happy to be there. Um, you think you know him because oh, that's a cool guy. He's always happy, but I'm not always happy. I'm not always. You, you didn't even know that this morning I was crying. You know, it's like people don't don't understand that. Why were you crying feeling. this morning? Well, you know, um, now you want to make me cry. Um, <laughs> my, my dad, my dad passed away five years ago. Uh, 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 April 28th of uh, five years ago. And right now, um, you know, it's, it's getting to that date. And I'm, I'm, I always, t- I always think about him. I always think about him being happy, being there, being sometimes silent. My dad was a very quiet guy, but when he, when he spoke, <laughs> he did, you know, like, like a lot of our fathers, um, some, some of us, we don't know to express our feelings towards our kids, to our, towards our wives, our, our, our friends. And that was my dad. Mm-hmm. He didn't know how to express his love, but when he gave you a look or he shook your hand, you know that that handshake said a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this morning and the last few days, I'm like, sheesh, um, I know he's watching. I know he's listening to me. And I tell people, it's like, um, I didn't lose my dad. I gained an en- an angel that has helped me from the day he passed away from the day that I lost talk to him in the hospital. I had to go to work at Dodger stadium and, and he was in Tijuana in the hospital and we knew he was bad and he knew he was bad, but, and, and the doctors told us, look, it's coming. So be ready. And you think you're ready, but you can never be ready. And, and um, so I told him, Hey dad, I'm, I'm going to work for a few days. I'll be back. He's like, don't worry, mijo go. You know, go and do your thing, and I'll be here waiting for you. Um, I drove home from Tijuana to uh, to Santa Barbara, where I still live with my wife and kids. And uh, I went to work that day at Dodger Stadium. And then the next morning, I got a call from from um, my brother. He's like, hey, you better come over here because dad is not looking good. I knew it. And the minute he called me, I knew it. And I told my brother, if my dad passes, don't call me telling him he's gone. Because even though I know he's gone, um, I don't want to know he's gone until I get here. So when he called me, I knew. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll be there. You know, tell him to hold on for me. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. So but I you get, knew in your mind exactly. with that call that he had passed? Yeah, I, I knew. And, and then I, so I get to my mom's house, and I see everybody there. And obviously everybody's very, uh, we're all upset and things like that. And, and that's the day that my dad, his body, left me us but i truly believe he has helped me get to where i am right now because at that time i was in a very difficult spot you know personally with my wife and kids and and situations like i i like to say uh self-inflicted wounds you know you 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 uh you you make your mind and you 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 can 
you can uh, figure out what I'm trying to say here. I mean, nothing bad. I didn't kill anybody. I almost killed my marriage. I almost killed my kids, um, not not physically, but but emotionally. And I almost committed emotional suicide. And when that happened, my life changed so much that, um, you know, it, it's so many different little things that moved different ways where I'm here right now. And I'm not saying I'm glad he died because I'm here because no, never. I will never be glad when anybody dies. Anybody, I don't care how bad, how terrible, how horrible you are. You don't deserve, uh, you deserve a chance to live to maybe mend mm -hmm. those wrongs. I don't care what you did in the past, um, but you do you deserve a chance to mend your mistakes, your sins, your, your anything. And uh, at that moment, I didn't know it, but... I gained, and uh, I know he is with us. I know he is with me. And even that connection um, with Benji Molina, my, my partner in the booth, we have that connection because his dad also passed doing something that he loved. So on opening day of 2017, when we did our first opening day after mm -hmm. doing two games in September 2016, um, me growing up in Tijuana, We loved going to the uh, Padre games in San Diego. That was my first game, that my first team that I cheered for. And um, we had a thing in our family that we actually, we were in attendance to when the uh, San Diego chicken hatched. You know, the, 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 the <laughs> KGB course. 101 chicken turned into the San Diego chicken. So we went to that game. I was like maybe two, three years old. I don't remember everything. Nobody remembers everything that happens when you're one, two, three, or four. But you remember like flashes of your life. And I remember being behind, and my my dad always uh, loved because we were. It was a bunch of us. It was my four daughters and myself, and then my brother was born when I was six. So there's you know seven of us, and then eight when my brother brother was born. So we needed a big car. And back in the 70s and 80s, everybody had a station wagon with the seats in the back. No seat belts oh, yeah. back then. You yeah, know, nobody things, cared. Man. So so he had one of those, and um, we were driving into old Jack Murphy Stadium. And the traffic is bad, and we're listening to the radio in Spanish, and they're describing what's going on. I remember that crushed me because I wanted to see the egg mm -hmm. being cracked. We got there late, you know, and in good old Mexican fashion. And I can say that because I'm Mexican. We were late. Like, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm on Mexican time. I'm always 15 minutes late. Uh, but then we make up for it, believe me. So that, that always stuck to me. And from that day on, I became a huge fan of mascots and a huge fan of the San Diego chicken. So um, when my dad passed, he had a, he owned a little, uh, I don't remember what car it was. It was a purple, horrible little car. He used to call it the <laughs> Teletubby because it was a, a purple car, but he loved it. And uh, when he passed, the car was there. I go into his car, you know, just trying to smell him, you know, the, the car, the smell of, of something. And um, when I'm like just looking at these little things that he had there, there was a pin of the San Diego chicken. So I took it, and it's still with me. So opening day 2017, I I had it on me, and I told Benji, look, Benji, this is for my dad. And then Benji shows me a little picture of his own dad. So I look, I have mine with me. I'm like, you know what? This is going to be great because you have Benji Molina. Everybody knows baseball player, great family. But at the end, we're all humans. We all hurt. We all laugh. We all enjoy life. He enjoys life. I'm sure you can tell that I enjoy life. And that was a good connection that 
he just said, you know what? This is the right guy for me. I am the right guy for him. Let's go for it. Yeah. Let's go for it. And, and that's what it is. And, and, and you know, I, I know that's that's not much to do with the first question you asked, but that's why I was I was not crying because I'm sad. I'm just happy. Yeah. I mean, in five years, your world has changed totally so substantially. And I was reading your story, Benjamin's story, and then we started reading more, and you made reference to the story in Los Angeles. A lot of us, you know, I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School. So for me to do this, this was kind of a a goal back when I was in my teens. But you were, if I can be accurate on this, essentially and, and cleaning. Be, be, a, be as clear and as accurate. I mean, yeah. I, I certainly. You, you were, you were I, cleaning I, I, carpets I, and you, cleaning I bathrooms? Cleaning carpets, cleaning bathrooms, cleaning <laughs> cleaning people barfs, cleaning, cleaning your, your, your poop, basically. And, a, a but but this isn't, this wasn't like four. I mean, it, you did it a while ago, but uh, you also did it recently, yes, too. So yes. this isn't, you're not that far no, removed. And, I mean, there aren't too many people calling Major League Games <laughs> who are cleaning bathrooms no. just a few years ago. And, and you know what? When I go back home in a couple of weeks, you know, when we have our breaks, I'm going to go back, and, and my father-in-law, which I love. Jesus. <laughs> I love him dearly. Um, he asked my wife, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I shouldn't apologize for this, but, you know, I, I want you to listen to the whole, the whole story. He told my wife, hey, do you think Paul is going to help me when he comes back? And she said, well, why don't you call him and ask him? And I said, he knows I'll help him. I'm I'm Polo. Yeah. My job does not define who I am. So even when you guys have a couple of, <laughs> of weeks off, you'll go back to where Where will you be going? Will you going to be at Tijuana? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara that's where, where, okay, that's okay. where his business is. And so you'll be back. Yeah. To, he, you know, if he has, if he has extra job, he has his company, his sons help him and he help, he works a lot. And my, my mother-in-law the same. And uh, he'll call me, hey, Bolo, can you help me? Like sure, just pick me up when I'm outside your house. I'm like, dude, just give me 15 minutes. You know, I'm in my underwear. So he knows he knows the rule now. It's like it's like you, I will help you, and obviously he he pays me. Um, I I will I will, and then you know when sometimes we're cleaning carpets. I I don't I don't mind telling people what I do. But my other job, you know, my my part time job, which is a, a calling games for MLB, for the Cardinals. But um, he tells people. Oh, that's amazing. I didn't even know that part of the story. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of stuff. There's that, a lot, man. That people I mean, don't know. And, 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 no uh, idea. Yeah. It's, but it's, like I said, you think you know me, but it, you have no idea. It's such a trip because I, when I met you, I <laughs> guess it was about two years ago, maybe like 20 months ago, I think, ballpark here at KFNS because KFNS was carrying the games. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this guy just seems like a happy guy. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 that's, that's what stood out to me. And then I remember uh, seeing you. Uh, you know, when they would show cutaways of the booth and you and Benji calling games. I'm like, what a what a great thing. And the assumption is you've been working for the last 15, 20 years calling minor league games and you got your your break. But that's not reality. So let's let's start our listeners back here because yeah. the story is so <laughs> yeah, incredible. Yeah, we, 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 we skipped the whole me getting to the United States, me <laughs> yeah. getting married, me having kids, me being fired, me being— we just went to the nitty-gritty of let's make Polo cry. Now people— Let's make Polo cry. You sit down in that chair, you will cry. Yeah, that's what I do, everybody. Let's make Polo cry. What is this? <laughs> see if I can get that trending. I better get two pairs of boots out of this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you grow up—you're you, born in Tijuana, is that yes, accurate? Sir, proud, okay. proud 
born Tijuana, Mexico. So when people like me from St. Louis hear about Tijuana, we think of one thing. What is reality? Are we thinking of the right thing? Or is it it's like when somebody from like when I'm on traveling and they go, you're from St. Louis, they immediately like, oh. go, oh, Ferguson or crime. Yeah. Or they might think of the Cardinals. Yeah. We here in the Midwest will go Tijuana. Oh, I was, you know, on spring break or I was in San Diego and we got wasted and we went to Tijuana. That's what I know people default click to. What is Tijuana like growing up? This is very simple, and you just you just hit the point. Um, you can do a lot of good stuff. You can give money to churches. You can help kids. You can adopt 17 kids from the orphanage next door to you or whatever. People will not remember you for that. You break a window. You tell old lady, you know what, old lady, screw you because you, you didn't let me go through. People will remember you because, oh, that's the guy who broke my window. That's the guy who yelled at the old lady without even knowing that the old lady was yell yelling at him first and throwing stuff. That's how Tijuana is. That's how San Luis is. Yeah. And including like myself, like a lot of people, oh, San Luis, watch out, man. Don't go out at night. I'm like, why not? <laughs> Seriously, why not? Oh, I'm like, you know what? Anywhere you go in the world, I don't care where you are. You can go to church. You sit on the wrong, on the wrong aisle. You might be getting in trouble with the guy next to you. Okay? Inside a church. San Luis, beautiful city. I love it. I, I seriously do. And and, and uh, if you turn the, the wrong way in one street, it could be the best neighborhood. It could be Clayton. It could be Florissant. It could be anywhere. It could be East San Luis. I mean, oh, East San Luis. You know what? East San Luis has its nice parts. But then if you turn the wrong way, that could be trouble for mm -hmm. you. That is San Luis. That is the world. That is Tijuana. Born and raised. Never had a problem. To this day, knock on wood. My family, they are all still there. One sister of mine lives in San Diego. All the others are in Tijuana. All of them successful. My my cousins, my 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 nephews, uh, some of them are getting married. They have families. We are all hardworking people um, living a beautiful life. Uh, my life is beautiful. My brother's life is beautiful. My sister's is a beautiful life. My mom is a beautiful life. My dad had a beautiful life play baseball on the weekends, go to school during the weekday. It's just not as bad as people seem to think it is because there is, as far as I know, there's four MLB broadcasters from Tijuana, Mexico. Really? I'm not the only one. There's four, three before me and then Polo. The one for the um, for the uh, Diamondbacks, the, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks, Oscar Soria. He's been doing Diamondback baseball for like, since they started, which is almost 20 years yeah, now, yeah, it's yeah. not more. Then you have Pedro Gutierrez, who who uh, does uh, Padre baseball, and he's been working with the Padres for the last maybe eight, nine years. And he's doing he's been doing broadcast uh, or a bro as a broadcaster for the last perhaps four years or so. And then you have Eduardo Ortega, another one with the Padres. He's going on 30 years, a future Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. So... There's something good in Tijuana. There's yeah. something good happening in Tijuana. Yes, there's 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 bad hombres like everywhere else in the world, but uh, Tijuana is not as bad as, as people think. It's not. And and I tell people, hey, you know what? When the Cardinals go to San Diego, if you go to the trip, let me know. I will be there. I personally will take you to Tijuana, get the best tacos you can ever have. You can bring the worst taco in Tijuana to San Luis, and it's going to be the best taco in San Luis. No. I like that. No, I want to hear about that. Yeah, I like no, that a lot. No, no problem What's different? Whatsoever. What's the difference on the tacos in Tijuana versus the salsa. San Luis? The, the salsa. salsa, the way it's cooked, and the meat. Yes, maybe USDA select meat is a lot expensive, uh, a lot more expensive. 
and it, 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 it might taste a little better with potatoes. And I mean, I love a good steak, but there's nothing like the carne, the meat, carne asada that goes into a taco. The one thing, and, and listen to, to me, if you have a, a, a taco place anywhere in the world, the one thing they do there that I don't see a lot of people doing here, they don't cook it on the on the grill like like uh, the big uh, what do you call that the the the, the cooker the 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 metal thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm with you. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know the name of it, but yeah, like, right. like when you would, griddle, skillet, yeah, like, skillet. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. skillet. There yeah, you go. Okay. They, there's no skillets. So, okay, so what are they using? They use like when you do barbecue, charcoal, uh -huh. charcoal, mesquite, all that. Really? That's how we put. Tang, 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 tang. That's the sound of the machete, you know, hitting, uh -huh. the, hitting the wood. Yeah. And that's the other thing. There's a, It's a mixture of flavors. So you put the meat on the grill, on the actual barbecue grill, but it's mesquite, it's, it's uh, right. charcoal, is whatever you use to, you know, to grill chicken. So you cook it like that. And then everybody, every taqueria in Tijuana has a big piece of wood around, like from, from, from a tree. I don't know what tree they use. They just chop those things and they use it as the, as the chopping board. So if you go to a taco place in Tijuana, you will notice that the chopping board is round and it has like a hole in the middle. Well, it's not a hole. They chop so much that the wood comes undone. You know, you're chopping the wood with it. So all that gets goes into the meat. And then the salsa they put on it, I have never tasted that salsa anywhere but Tijuana. I don't care what you do. I you don't, don't know what the special you ingredient is. I, I don't think there's a special ingredient. It's just the way they do it. It's a different way. Seriously, I am not kidding. And that is the secret, I think, to have the best tacos. And they, it could be <laughs> handmade tortillas or from a factory. It doesn't matter. Those are the best tacos you can have. And if you put a little guacamole, believe me, carne asada tacos go with guacamole and a little lemon on top. Oh, my goodness. I like what you're doing. That's you're getting up. me fired up. You see? Hey, you're getting yeah, me to cry. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm getting you hungry. Yeah, now, now, now I'm getting hungry. Yeah, we have all of our emotions exposed <laughs> here. Have you bothered with any Mexican food in St. Louis? I have. And, you know, uh, like yesterday we went to eat some uh, taquitos, uh, flautas we call them, like rolled tacos. There's a few good places here. Uh, I've, I've had some good tacos, too, here. But, again, um, nothing like 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 homemade, uh, well, not homemade uh Taqueria from Tijuana, nothing. And, and I'm sorry for all those taco people here, but believe me, if you follow my advice and you use mesquite or, or uh, charcoal or even some kind of wood, but not, don't cook it on the fire. Just the, the you know, the red, oh my goodness, what's, what's the, uh, when, when you put a, the, the charcoal and it turns r red. Right, right, right. Like just just, just the, 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 the hot charcoal, not the fire. Right. Well, I'm until, with you, I'm with wait you. Wait until this. it dies a little. Uh -huh. and, then, and that's how... So you do this with chicken, you do this with... With anything. Really? God. Vegetables. I really kind of want to try this now. Yeah, no, you have you got to. Me, you got me going. You have to. This. <laughs> this good. You Seriously, got me, no, got me yeah, going. For, for real. For real. So you grow up there, but you moved to the United States. But you would go back and forth to go to Padres games? Is that... Well, I grew up in Tijuana, and uh, we would go to Padre games every so often. Uh, back in the day, you know, they had that... I don't know if, if they have it here. I know they have it in Milwaukee, because I was just in Milwaukee. They have the Bobby, uh, the Euchre seats. Oh, like yeah, people yeah. go Absolutely. really early the day of the game and buy tickets for like three bucks or five bucks, something like that. So what we did as a family of a bunch of people, a bunch, a bunch of kids, mom and dad, 
Uh, we would go to uh, as many games as we could, especially if they had the giveaways. Mm. If, the, if, they, if if they had a giveaway, a promo, promotion day, whatever, we would go. Mm. So we have plenty of pictures of us wearing uh, the beautiful brown and yellow San Diego Padre uniforms. <laughs> the best. I'm sorry, Cardinal fans. I love the birds. I seriously do believe that the Cardinals have a beautiful uniform, just like the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox. You know, teams that have tradition. But uh, I am just glad to know that the Padres next year are going to brown and yellow. Hopefully, they do justice to the old 70s. Oh, they're the going brown 80s. and yellow next year. They're going year. brown and yellow next year. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh-huh. They have like eight different uniform they combinations do. right now. They but do, they're going brown and yellow. But they're going brown and yellow I next year. I didn't know year. that. I picture the 84 Padres oh, and the yeah. brown and yellow. Yep. Was that your team, the 84 Padres? Brown, they... yellow, orange, Tony Gwynn, yeah. Greg Nettles, Luis Salazar, Eric Shaw. Alan Wiggins, I mean, all of those guys, uh, Rick, uh, Rich Gustav that came from the Yankees, yeah. uh, Kevin McReynolds, uh, I mean, Carmelo Martinez, all of those, Dick Williams, the manager, I mean, all of those guys, those are guys that I listened through the Spanish radio that the Padres have had forever. That's how I learned about MLB. That's how I learned about the Padres. That's how I learned about Fernando Valenzuela, uh-huh. who is another character that changed my life without knowing at the moment. 1981, Fernando Mania. Fernando Mania. What is that like for you growing up in Tijuana? uh, The story of Polo and Fernando Mania starts in 1981 and ends the day I die. Not the day Fernando dies, hopefully many, many years from now. And perhaps not even the day I die. The The day that... Anybody that knows about this story dies, that's when that will die because Fernando Mania and Polo go together. Um, growing up in Tijuana, again, at that day, at that moment, I didn't speak any English, perhaps a couple of words here and there because, you know, living at the, on the border, you pick up uh, TV stations from San Diego. Mm-hmm. So Channel 6, K-E-X, whatever, I'm trying to, now I'm trying to flex my muscles here. <laughs> Channel 6, there you go. Um, Saturday morning cartoons every day in the morning, Popeye, Flintstones, you know, Jetsons. I didn't like the Jetsons very much. <laughs> I was more of a Popeye, Tom and Jerry guy and, and Woody Woodpecker. Um, so when I'm six, you know, you, you're trying to look for something, you know, your dad is always your hero. Your mom is always your hero without you even knowing that, that, that she is. And, and uh, you look for, for people, right? I have my dad, like I said, I have my uncle, Jose. Who was also he was also a great one of the greatest baseball players I ever saw, and he never played professional, semi-professional in Tijuana with my dad, but he was he was he was a monster. If you see him, ah, who's this guy? Throw a fastball or a changeup and see what he does with it. He was a, I mean, one of the fastest home runs I ever saw leave the park. It was by my uncle. Seriously, if the second baseman could have jumped high enough, he could have caught that line, <laughs> but it just landed on the other side. It was crazy. But anyway, and it was with a wood bat too, not not metal. Um, so 1981, I'm six years old, very impressionable kid. All kids are impressionable. They see something they like. You know, you see them dancing the Fortnite dance, which I hate, by the way. But uh, but anyway, um, so I see Fernando. Fernando, okay, Fernando Valenzuela this, Fernando Valenzuela that, Fernando Valenzuela. Um, L.A. Dodgers, that guy looks like me. That guy sounds like me. I want to be like that guy. So thankfully, I turned from Padre fans, a miserable Padre fan <laughs> until this day, to the Dodgers because of that guy, you know, because of who he who he was. And it didn't hurt that another uncle of mine that also made a big impression and left a big mark on me, uh, mi tío Efraín Casillas, and I want to rest in peace. Um, 
he was he lived in LA. So once in a while he would give me like something Dodger related, but I was a Padre fan, right? Mm-hmm. When I was a kid. But then Fernando came, I'm like, okay, now, no, tío, dámelo, todo, <laughs> give me everything. So I started, I'm like, oh, okay. So, and then Fernando has this amazing season. And when you're 80, when you're six years old, you don't understand the business of baseball. They, they go on a streak and you're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Why, why are they not playing anymore? And then they come back and he just picks it up. And then the Dodgers win the world championships against the freaking super Yankees yeah. of Dave Winfield and mm-hmm. all those crazy guys. Um, so that's when I like the Dodgers. And Fernando, I didn't meet Fernando officially until about 2006. But right before that, I remember going to Dodger games uh, with my daughter, my son, and my wife. And I was that fan getting there early with a couple of balls, hoping somebody will sign a ball or, or just get a glimpse of, like up close and personal. So I remember this day I see Fernando when he came back as a broadcaster for the for the uh, for the Dodgers. I had a baseball and I'm like, okay, he's gonna walk through here. You know, like in your head, oh, yeah. you kind of do a V line. Oh, he's gonna walk. So he's walking on the field. I'm in the stands. He's going down the tunnel, and I'm like, Fernando, Fernando. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna talk to him in Spanish. I'm gonna yell at him in Spanish, and he has to look up. I mean, I'm talking to you in Spanish. You know, not like all these people in English. I'm like, hey, Fernando, por favor, firma mi pelota. Please sign my ball. And he keeps walking, and he looks up, and he motions to to do this, right? So I throw the ball at him. He signs it, and I ask him. He never does this. I've never seen this before. I'm like, hey, can you put number 34, your number? He looks at me, and he did it. So he throws it back. So I have a Fernando Valenzuela 34. I have never seen another one. Never. So I'm not going to say that's one of one, Mm -hmm. but he just signed his name. He doesn't sign his number. And I remember a, a, a person next to me. Uh, who's that? Who's that? I'm like, really? My daughter at that at that moment she was probably like five or six. She answers. She goes, That's Fernando Valenzuela, my my dad's favorite player. Like my daughter tells the lady, and this lady is like older. And I'm like, yeah, lady, she just <laughs> put you in your place. So that's the first official time that I met Fernando. Something that changed later in life and changed who I was at that moment and who I am now. Cause I, I believe there's been so many people that have made a small or huge impact right. in my life that without all those little situations, I wouldn't be here in San Luis and I wouldn't be here with you guys. Was that what got you really into baseball? But your dad played. Yeah. Right. I mean, he didn't play major league, but he no. did play. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and this was like an everyday thing. And then that's what got me into, I, I was born into a baseball family which living in Tijuana, it's a little weird because, you know, Mexico, Mexicans, we love soccer. That's our hockey, you know, soccer. That's our hockey. That's And I'm, I'm excited that hopefully MLS is going to come to San Luis. So I now I really, I will have a team to cheer for, mm-hmm. for, for MLS because, yeah, there's a couple of them in L.A., but I never got into the Galaxy. LAFC doing a great job with their fans. I have a lot of friends that are our season ticket holders and they invite me, come over, you're gonna love yeah. it. And I know I will, and I will go to LAFC game soon. But now that San Luis is here and I'm here, I'm like, okay, I see it. I see it. And I mean they already we already have a team here, a USL team with the San Luis FC, which by the way, I also called a couple of games for them in Spanish a couple of years ago. So not only was I or am I the first ever Spanish broadcaster for the Cardinals, but now also the first ever even if it was a couple of games for me, and I know right now somebody else is doing it, but hey, you never beat the first though. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, but uh, but no no, I grew up baseball fan. Grew up baseball fan, listening, not watching a lot because back then, kids, you are 
happy. You are you're lucky. I can turn on my phone right now. There's going to be a baseball sure. game. Back then, we had one or yeah, two games. Yeah, man, a week. it was the best if there was yeah. a game on. Oh, game yeah. of the week, the game or of any the week. game. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it would be any team. It it, it, it was yeah. not going to be your team. It was going to be the Braves against the 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 Bears, uh, the Bears the, against the Cubs. Uh, but yeah, but I like to see the Dodgers and the Padres. No, sorry, that's what we have. Uh, that's what it was. So yeah, no, I grew up into a baseball family, and, and it was Sundays. I tell people, my mom gets mad at me. Sorry, mom, but uh, I'm like, look, you never forced us or even invited us to go to church on Sunday because our church was on the field. You know, Monday, Sunday morning, my mom and my sisters making burritos. And I know it sounds like, ah, whatever, they didn't do that. They did. Early in the morning, make burritos, lunch for the whole day. Let's go watch dad uh, play baseball. And let's learn about baseball. Let's play with other kids there. Let's pretend to be big leaguers. And that's what we did every Sunday for years and years and years on the same good old green station wagon. Are you at that point hoping to play major league baseball? What do you think? Are you playing? At at, at that point, I'm just hoping somebody buys me a torta at the field. (laughs) You know, that was my goal every Sunday. Like, you know, I'm going to do this. Hopefully somebody gives me some money because I'm helping, you know, the team or whatever, or my uncle, my tío, like, hey, here, go have a torta because they were delicious. Um, (laughs) That was my hope. I was not thinking about MLB this, MLB that. I was just a little kid having fun with life and enjoying what every, enjoying every little thing that I could. And and that's still what I am. I'm I'm just, you know, my, my wife laughs at me because I, I use the hashtag just a kid from Tijuana because that's what I am. I mean, I might be 43 years old, hairless and growing gray hairs now, but I'm still that little kid because the day that kid lets go or I let go of that kid. That's mm-hmm. the day that I become an adult. And yes, I am an adult. I pay my bills. I pay my taxes. You know, I pay my everything. That's adult life. But the kid that's inside of me, I ask, I have conversations with that kid a lot. And, and, and uh, like uh, when I get invited to go somewhere um, and I'm like, you know what? I'm too tired. I'm not going. And then I, I said, I'm like, why would that kid do that kid will go. If that kid would go, you go. So you go and take that kid with you. Yeah. And I've been to places thanks to that kid, thanks to not letting go of that little kid. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that, that kid takes me there. And, and, you know, earlier you asked about my story. Um, for some people, it's like, oh, you go from being a custodian to um, a custodian or, or carpet cleaner, whatever, to this. That's cool. But they don't know the middle part. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to tell my story a lot. And, and my friend, like I said, Mike Takeuchi, um, I t- that, he's the first one that I actually sat down to tell my story. And he told me, have you told yourself the story? I'm like, no, I mean, I've, I've told people this and that, but what do you mean? Yeah, like, you know, what? one day you should sit down and you should talk to yourself about your story so you understand how ridiculous this yeah. is. And this was... When I was with the Dodgers, not a broadcaster, but a, uh, a a producer for for a TV show they had with Time Warner Cable, and I did that. I'm like, you know what? That's a really cool story. And then one day he said, he told me, you know what? Um, I know this is this is this is gonna go somewhere else for you. I, I know that in my heart. And when that happens, when when I remember when his article ended with, Polo is hoping or dreaming of one day becoming an MLB broadcaster play by play and then the end of the story was stay tuned as in you know stay tuned 
And here we are. We st- I stay tuned, and, 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 and here I am. And last time I talked to him, he's like, you know, this, this has the makings of a Disney movie. Not only a book. He's like, you need to write a book eventually. And, and I still... I mean, I don't know who buy my book, but I, I'll probably do it. Yeah, just man. For, when just you get a kids. story like this, it's the kind of thing that people really can latch yeah. on to because it is textbook dream. Hope you're enjoying the conversation with Polo. And without our sponsors, we wouldn't be able to have these conversations every week here on the Tim McKernan Show. James Carlton is a great sponsor. But James Carlton uh, has gone beyond being a sponsor of the program. James Carlton got me and my family through a difficult time when our uh, basement flooded uh, with all of the rain in St. Louis. And it was, you know, we thought we had like a drainage issue. We do have a drainage issue, but what caused the flooding was a sump pump going out. And for those of you who have experienced it, I would imagine you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a really helpless feeling when you go downstairs, whether your basement's finished or not, you go downstairs and you just see water coming in from everywhere. And you have things that you can't replace that are stored and they're just getting destroyed. You know, I mean, a lot of people are going to be dealing with this here with the rain that St. Louis is experiencing. And, you know, to think that that took place on March 30th, the night of March 30th. And as I'm talking to you right now, uh, we're in the first week of May and that the base, if you didn't know any better, you wouldn't even know that it happened. But if I didn't have James Carlton as my agent, we would have been lost and I'll tell you this, and I don't, I don't know it for a fact. My suspicion, though, I'm pretty, pretty confident in it. The, the care with which our situation has been taken by James and his staff, I don't think we would have had that with anybody else. Maybe they're a handful, like a handful. Like I, when I say a handful, I'm talking about like five. I don't even know. In the area who, who can do and will do what James did. But this has been, you know, it hasn't been fun or easy by any means, but without James, we wouldn't, I mean, we're back, we're back in our basement. I mean, the carpet had to get torn out. It, it, the drywall had to get torn out, repainting, recarpeting, replacing things that were just damaged, you know, and he, he's led the charge. And God, when we have a question, he's on it instantaneously. There's just a difference. There's just a difference. It matters. It really does matter. And I realize, unfortunately, most of the time when you think of insurance, you're going, you don't think about it until something happens. But that's when it's too late. You can't go back then. Get with the right person now. And on top of it, they do all the paperwork for you. James Carlton is the right person. Carltoninsurance.net or 314-961-4800. Carltoninsurance.net or call 314-961-4800. If your insurance costs a leg and an arm, call James Carlton, State Farm. So you're you're growing up. You're now a Fernando Valenzuela fan. Baseball's in your family. It's your life. It's a tradition amongst the family. Yep. The family moves to the United States. No, everybody stays. Stays. Okay. Everybody stays. I I found the uh, the love of my life. <laughs> Haven't seen it in a while. Maybe that's why I'm getting mushy here. <laughs> but um, I found her. Where we, did you find? We her? found each other, and um. She lives in Santa Barbara. I live in Tijuana. And uh, we we find each other, you know, through different situations. And we fell in love. And it was hard at the beginning because I live in Tijuana. She lives in Santa Barbara. It was a four-and-a-half-hour drive. You know, the, I remember the first phone bill that I got back. My mom almost killed me. <laughs> and I know her dad almost killed her. Um, sorry, Mom, but I, I'm sure I've, I've paid enough already. Um 
And, and um, that's how I moved to the United States. The whole family stayed. My mom, my dad at that point, my brother, everybody lived in Tijuana. I just said, you know what? I was out of high school at, at uh, 18, 19. I was, you know, the, the, the uh, school system in Mexico is different than the United States. Over there, if you don't pass your classes, you don't move on. So in high school, like the first year of high school, I, I was having too much fun. And I mean, not drinking or doing drugs, just having fun with people and friends. And I, I lacked. I, I lacked and I slacked a lot. So they held me back on uh, the school goes from first to sixth grade, then from seventh to ninth grade, and then 10, 11, 12. That's your high school over mm -hmm. there. Not like here, nine to 12. Right. Over there is 10 okay. to 12. So from one to nine, top of the class always. I graduated middle school with diplomas and everything. So my mom was like, oh, I have big hope for this guy. Sorry, mom. <laughs> um, I think I'm, I failed you. I don't have a diploma. <laughs> but uh, um, so in high school, I, I slacked a bit. So instead of doing the regular high school in three years, like everybody else in Tijuana, I did it in five years. And at the time I, I finished my high school, I, again, I was in love and, and crazy in love. I still am. And um, I'm, I was like 18, 19. And I didn't know what to do. I had no idea what, okay, what am I going to do now? Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't really want to go to school anymore. I didn't apply to any colleges because I just, I, don't, I didn't know what was going on. So uh, my wife and I was like, why don't, why don't we move in? I'm like, what do you mean move in? You know, we Mexicans, we don't move in. We get married and then move in. We don't just live like that. Well, at least back then, now little things are, have changed a little bit. But I'm like, no. She, she was born and raised, you know, Mexican family, but born and raised in the United States. So, you know, other situations, other, other beliefs you can say. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you want to move in, we need to get married first. And she's like, okay, then let's get married. I'm like, all right, so let's get married. So we did. And that's when I moved to the United States. That's when I moved to the United States when, when we got married at age 19. She was, she's a little, well, not all that a lot older than me, but she's a few months older. So she she, she gets to the next number first. So I'm, yeah, like, hey, what's that's up? Right. I'm like, what's up, Milf? Like, what's up, old lady? You're rocking the cradle here. Uh, um, but, but yeah, so, um, so that's what, what was what happened. That's, that's when. Was your family cool with you moving or was that a whole well, thing? My mom was not very happy when, when I, when I was going to move, but I told her, look, I'm moving. I'm sorry, but I'm moving. You know, I'm not going to stay here in Tijuana. I don't see anything good for me here. Did you get married in Mexico or the United in States? San Diego. Okay. In San Diego. Was that all right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I no. didn't know if your family would not be. No, no, no. They were fine. Like they were fine. I mean, everybody uh, um, came to the reception. We all had our our uh, our passports to cross legally, in case you guys are wondering. <laughs> um, it, it was it was all good. It was it was all good. And, and we got married in San Diego, and then we had a little party in Tijuana, and then a couple of weeks later, we moved to to Santa Barbara with her, the help of her mom. Her dad wasn't very happy about it either. Why wasn't he but, happy? Eh, you know, it's just like, why are you marrying this guy? Who is he? You know, situations um, that he wasn't like, like all in. I mean, show me a dad that is happy with his wife, with his daughter getting married to the prince of England. And I will show you a white <laughs> elephant. I don't care who you are. You don't think anybody is good enough for your for your dear princess, you know, and are you listening, Bianca? <laughs> uh, you, you don't think anybody is good enough for, for that. So he didn't think I was good enough, and I don't blame him. I had nothing to offer her but my my passport and a lot of a will to do a bunch of stuff. And then uh, through my mother-in-law, uh, 
he offered me a job. I think she left him no choice. Like you're going to give this kid a job because he's going to, he needs to provide for your daughter. And that's how I became officially a carpet cleaner when I was about 19, 20. So you're doing that for a while. Yeah, Am I correct? Yes, for a while. Okay. I, did, I did carpet cleaning for a few years. Then um, in 2000, I got a job. Uh, I, offer, I, I applied for a job. Um, I applied for a job as a custodian for the Santa Barbara County Education Office. I got the job, which was a great job. The paid really nice, good money, good insurance, everything. So it was a nice thing for me. It was a step up. and uh, But it was a night job from 3 to 11. So sometimes in the morning, I will still go. Like I will clean carpets in the morning with my father-in-law. And then... And in the evening, go, uh, go, go, do my other job. So it was. All, I was always busy. Which a busy polo is a good polo. Mm-hmm. A not busy polo gets in trouble. You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you go from carpet cleaning and working for the city of Santa Barbara to getting involved in the game of baseball? I, I, I mean, I was always involved as a fan. Always buying tickets for the Dodgers and this and that. Um, it was 2004 when my brother Jorge started writing for an, uh, um, a website, mm-hmm. um, a Spanish website or Mexican website, the baseball. So he starts writing, he starts writing about it. And, um, I'm like, Hey, maybe I can write something, you know? I mean, if you did it, I can. So, you know, we, we, he talked. For me, with with the people who managed the, the the page, and I knew there was no money involved, and um, so I started doing that. At the same time, I was participating as a listener in a, on a radio show, a local radio show in, in Santa Barbara. But those guys never talk about baseball, and I'm like, so I will call in. I'll be your, yeah, hey, let's go to gym. <laughs> Let's go to Polo, the custodian. What's up, Polo? What's on your mind? Hey, the Dodgers did this. The Angels did that. So the guys liked so much what I was saying that one day they said, hey, we don't want you to call anymore. We actually want you to be part of our show. But, hey, there's no money. I'm off. I don't care. And at this time, I'm still a custodian. So I will hide in the middle of the show, like, every Thursday in one of the offices or whatever, and I will call from there. Like, made it seem, like, very very sophisticated while I was carrying my keys. And like I always tell people, if you hold the key to the toilet paper, you hold the key to the kingdom. Because <laughs> nobody wants to be in there without no toilet paper. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so I was there and I did that for a, for a few years with them. And it was, it was a great experience. Like you said, you know, you went to college, you did all that. I wish I did. But um, at the same time, I think I did because that was my, my college. That was my internship, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Calling that that game and then uh, hearing about the Dodgers website uh, in Spanish, having a friend from the same building tell me, "Hey, Polo, you should send some stuff for them to to publish." I'm like, "No, they they're the Dodgers, man. I'm just no, seriously, I'm just a kid from Tijuana mm-hmm. playing to be a media guy, a journalist." And but I did. I I had an. I'm like, you know what? What am I gonna lose? I tell people, if you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. If you don't ask. The pretty girl to dance with you, you're going to go home. And, oh, man, I should have asked her. Ask her. If she says no, go to the next one. Go to the next one. If, if you don't get a job, go to the next one. You know, don't ever let somebody tell you or, or stop you from doing something else because they say no. If, if I had stopped when the first people or the first person said no to me, I wouldn't be here. 
I wouldn't be married to my wife. I wouldn't be having such a, a blast. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be so animated at times because we, ah, why are you doing that? Why are you so happy? Why are you always singing? Why? Because <laughs> I love it. Well, you should stop. Make me. You know, I'm not a big guy. I'm not a super tall guy, but with boots, with Chuck's boots. <laughs> That's right. Um, he's got to drop in yeah, the sponsor. Yeah, so of course. <laughs> uh, uh, with my boots, I, you know, I, I'm touching six feet tall and 255, 60 pounds last time I checked. I don't think a lot of people want to mess with that guy. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I'm, hey, believe me, I'm, I'm a nice guy. But just, just don't fight me, please. <laughs> and if you do, don't hit me in the face because it's the money maker. <laughs> um, so, that, you know, that's, that's, that's how, how it went. It's like taking chances. Taking chances, going to to the the first uh, World Baseball Classic, taking a chance, creating my own um, my own media company that didn't exist, requesting credentials for that media company that didn't exist, <laughs> being accepted by MLB Diamond uh, Showcase Diamond uh, 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 events to go to the first World Baseball Classic. That's taking chances. That's where I where I yeah. got where I was and. And you know, so I went from a custodian to, to doing all that stuff. But at the same time, I was always a custodian. Like I had to take time off to go to games because you know people need to clean the offices and all this stuff. But I, I never let that. Um, one quote that it just came up that day when I was talking to to Ben Hawkman from uh, San Luis Post Dispatch, like don't let the place where you come from stop you from where you want to go. And that that that's life. It's not. It's not just a, a cliche or something, and I and I just don't. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you are. If you don't try, you're not going to get there. Nobody's going to give you anything for free. Like, you went to school. You had to move. You didn't say, hey, I have a diploma. I was the best in class. Hire me. Uh, no. <laughs> you know? No, it's like you have to try, and that's what I did. I just kept on trying, and, and things sometimes were at least – now looking back, they look very easy, but I know they were not. Oh yeah, the grind that goes yeah. on. So you're you're a custodian, and now you're also part of the show, and now you're credentialed <laughs> to go to Dodger Stadium, correct? Mm -hmm. That had to be surreal. I mean, I remember that, the first time for me going to Bush Stadium is credentialed. I mean, it's like I I submit hours for this. Like that I went insane. to a game and I'm getting paid. Yeah, that's that, a that's, that's a, insane. I was not getting paid for any of that media stuff. Yeah, like my trips were paid off by me. And remember, this is my own company, right? My my, my fandom company. They still exist, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it was it was that 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 uh, 2006 for the World Baseball Classic. I with that credential, I was able to get to spring training games. You know, when you do the World Baseball Classic, those credentials allow you to get to spring training games, which are a little more relaxed than your your regular season game. And during one of those games, I see um, Fernando Valenzuela standing. And this story, I mean, I, I tell it all the time because it's, it's it has to be destiny. I mean, what are the chances for me saying, okay, I'm going to go? And what are the chances of Fernando just standing there, yeah. basically doing nothing, standing there enjoying uh, batting practice? I remember he was next to Eric Carros and uh, Rick Sutcliffe. They were talking on the dugout at uh, Anaheim Stadium, uh, Angel Stadium, or yeah, I think it's Angel Stadium. And um, he's there, and it was uh, 2006, the 25th anniversary of Fernando Mania. You know, something that touched me very much, and I know, I mean, he was the creator, so I'm, I think touched him. <laughs> uh, so I approached him, hey, Fernando, how you doing? And this is the first time I actually approached my my super baseball idol like oh my god this is fernando and um 
he looks at me. He tells me, what do you want? I'm like, well, if you have five minutes, because Fernando Media, 25th anniversary is coming, and I would like for you to talk to me about it because I want to write an, an article. And he's like, I don't have time. I didn't say, oh, please, come on. Don't do that, kids. Don't beg. If, if a player, anybody tells you, no, I don't have time to do this interview, don't. Just say, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully next time. Walk away mm -hmm. and go on to the next guy. Uh, being a journalist, especially in sports, it's like a baseball player. If you hit three hits out of ten chances, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame one day. Yeah. You know, and, and just don't let that, like I said, don't let that no keep you from asking the next time. So I said, he said, no, you know what? Thank you so much. Glad to meet you. And I was. I'm like, he said, no, I, I was like actually expecting him to say no. So I was right. As I walk away, he he says, all right, five minutes. That's all you got. So I, whoop, <laughs> I put my brakes and I go back. And again, talking about Fernando Mania, this and that. And I, again, I never had proper um, instructions how to write. I just wrote. I just wrote and I figured it out myself. So I did this interview and I I did the article and I sent it to Jorge Martin, who at that time was the uh, the director of publications and anything that had to do with publications with the Dodgers. I said, look, I know you didn't like the first thing I sent you, which I I, I, I tried too hard. You know, I made an article that could have been eight, 800 words into like 2,000. Yeah. Nobody's going to write 2,000 unless it's, it's, a, it's a crazy story. And he didn't like it, so I sent the second one. Hey, I got this from Fernando. See if you like it. And he couldn't believe that I talked to Fernando because Fernando is very special. It's, it's just one of the, and I understand, you know, being a young boy from a town, a rural town from, from Mexico where they had no electricity and things like that to LA, to New York, to the big show. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people took advantage of him, like, you know, money wise yeah. and, and just being next to him, things like that. So I don't blame him. And so his circle, and I'm not, I'm not speaking for him, but I, I looking at him and learning from him, um, his circle is very tight. He he doesn't allow everybody in there until he trusts you. Yeah. So when he did that interview, I, I take it to Jorge, and Jorge's like, you really talked to Fernando? I'm like, yes. Can you prove you talked to Fernando? I'm like, I have the recordings. There you go. I can send them to you. He's like, no, 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 it's not necessary. I'm going to publish this on the website. But then again, he said, but there's no money. You know that, right? I'm like, that's the problem. I don't care. Now I'm being associated with the team that I that I cheered, right. that I that I loved, um, the Dodgers, and Fernando. And I'm my first article published on the website is about Fernando. I'm like, how crazy is that? Right at that moment, I thought it was crazier. Now I think it's like that is that doesn't happen. So he does, and then I remember the the first time he said, "I'll give you tickets, you know, and we'll trade." I'm like, fantastic. I mean, I was, we, we were, we still are uh, baseball fans, Dodger fans, and, and, and we go as many games as we can anywhere now, not just Dodger Stadium mm -hmm. or with the Dodgers. Uh, so I get the tickets, and there were, like, really nice tickets, field level, behind the dugout. So I'm in, like, in cloud nine. I'm like, oh, my God, wow, this is <laughs> insane. Because we were used to the bleachers, the top deck, and sometimes the field level, but on the sides yeah. when you got something like on eBay, because I used to buy tickets on eBay, mm -hmm. and they, I don't think they sell tickets there anymore. Now it's <laughs> old StubHub and all the other places. So that was pretty cool for me. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like how Fernando helped me get to Dodger Stadium. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it was then, and, and then um, uh, I'm still doing, doing um, the custodian thing, the writing thing, the radio thing, 
And then because of a few rebounds in life, uh, the radio thing led to a local local station uh, sports show that turned into being the sports guy for Univision in Santa Barbara. So it was it was kind of like a whoa, this is crazy. But the the TV thing, at least back then or at least at that instance, it didn't pay enough for me to quit my custodian job. Right. So the other part of the story is mornings I would go to do my thing uh, on the news, report on the news from the day before, uh, record it, live the tape, and go back to work as a custodian. So imagine this in case you didn't read or you haven't heard. Here I am vacuuming, cleaning, and then at 6 and 11, they will show my my record my pre-recorded sports segment. So while I am dusting, I am watching myself on TV, and that's pretty crazy. Wow. I remember the first time I saw that, I I just couldn't believe it. I called my wife. I'm like, are you watching the news? <laughs> She's like, yes, I am. I'm like, isn't that crazy? She's like, I, I, but she said, I never doubted that you would do something like this. She, I mean, her, my mom, and, and um, her and my mom have been the biggest supporters. Like I said, a lot of people have pushed and have helped, but uh, my mom, you know, she's always there. She's your mom. I guess she has to be there. But my wife, through thick and thin, thick and thin even when I was, you know, uh, doing things that I should have not been doing, um, she was always there. Mm. She was always there. She, she always believed and she still believes. And, and she tells me, look, what you're doing right now is great, but I still think there's something bigger. I mean, how much big can can it get? Yeah. I'm with the freaking San Luis Cardinals, the winningest <laughs> team in the National League. She's like, there could be something bigger. Yeah. I mean, and, and that doesn't mean that away from San Luis or away from the Cardinals, it just, it could be there, but it's going to be bigger for you. Yeah. And, and she's always there. Like I said, sometimes when I doubt myself, she's like, come on. Let's do this. That's huge, man. That's, it is. It is. And and and, and uh, all credit goes to her. And and seriously. And 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 uh, sometimes she thinks I'm kidding, but but without her, none of it happened. No, that that's the one. Like without you or without him or without other people, this could have happened. But without that push from her and then my kids, uh, they both push me in different ways. My son is more like, Psh, who do you think you are? <laughs> and my daughter's like, come on, dad. You can do better than that. You know, like, like I'll be yeah. calling the game and they'll be texting me, hey, your voice is going deep or your voice is going low. They hate it when my voice go, goes high. Uh -huh. Like when I go, she's like, they're like, no, 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 that's not your voice. You have a man voice. That's what <laughs> puts you in a different spot. Use that. So I'm calling the game and I'm worrying about what my kids and wife are thinking of me over here. But <laughs> but yeah, so so that's that's kind of how, how it went, you know, from still being a custodian to, 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 uh, 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 to working on TV. Uh, the TV gig ended, uh, you know, like every December. It's a dreaded um, time for a lot of media people because budgets come and, oh, we need to trim the fat here. We need to trim the fat there. So they say, Polo, thank you so much. You do a great job, but we have no more money to pay. Mm -hmm. and, and again, they're paying me like three, $400 a week, which is not a lot of money, especially when you're married with kids. But it, it helped, you know, with, with the custodial job. So I'm like, all right, it, it happened. That happened. So at that time... I go back to being Polo the custodian, the writer for the uh, for the Dodgers website, and I was just happy to have had that 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 experience, sure. that chance. How does it go from that to calling games in St. Louis? It goes. That's where 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 it turns into a roller coaster of life. Um, so then a few years later, I get uh, an offer 
to work for Time Warner Cable at the Dodgers. Again, it was a chance thing. It was me sitting in front of a computer. A pop-up shows up on on uh, on the on the computer. You know, like I don't I don't even know if there's there's pop-ups anymore. I don't really use computers anymore. I use my <laughs> phone for everything. Um, but it was a pop-up, and people tell you don't click on pop-ups because they have viruses. And don't okay, but that day I clicked yeah. on it, and uh, again I, at this time I was just a custodian writing for the Dodgers, and I still had that TV the radio thing, but the TV thing was dead. Um, and the pop up said, "Are you looking for a TV job?" I'm like, "Okay," and I just clicked yes. I'm like, "This is not my computer. If it gets a virus, sorry." So um, it was while I was cleaning and I was sitting in somebody's <laughs> desk, <laughs> so I clicked yes. And then it was uh, monster.com or jobs.com, one of those companies. I don't think they exist anymore. And the very first job, the very, the very first um, uh, offering or opening, it was like uh, TV, Spanish TV producer for Time Warner Cable and the Dodgers. I'm like, huh, what is this? So I start reading uh, requirements. It didn't say anything about college, so that was the first one. I'm like, if it doesn't say about college, I have a chance. Yeah. So um, it didn't say anything about that. So I go, okay, history of the game. I know the game. History of Dodgers. I know the Dodgers. Rick, uh, uh, editing. I know how to edit because I learned the hard way. Yeah. Like one day, say, okay, you're going to be the reporter, the, the sports. Edit. Yeah. I don't know how to edit. Figure it out. Figure it out. So yeah. I did. And um, so all the requirements, I'm like, I, they fit. So I call Jorge Martin uh, from Dodge. Hey, Jorge, are you hiring for this? Who is hiring for this? Like, no, I'm not me, but I know the guy. I can introduce you next time you come. Okay. So, so he introduced me. And obviously there was a process. It's not like, oh, oh, nice to meet you. You want the job now. It's not, that's not how it works, kids. Um, you need to go to the process, through, through the process. So there was a, a hiring process that lasted a few weeks. I applied, obviously. And I get a call one day. Uh, they were offering me a job to be the Spanish producer reporter for Time Warner Cable Dodgers on Demand, and uh, I remember I was I was um, vacuuming because I was still a custodian. I was vacuuming. The phone rings. I I see the numbers three one ten. That's Santa Monica. That's where the office was. Yeah. And um, so I answer. Hey, this is so and so with Time Warner Cable. How are you? I'm fantastic. What's going on? Well, you apply for that. Yes, I did. So I'm like, okay, they're gonna say. You know, thank you for your time. You are not the one. Or, hey, what's up? Let's get it. And they said, what's up? Let's get it. Not with those words, but they did. <laughs> they they made an offer. And I said, hey, uh, can I call you back five minutes? Like, well, if you don't like that offer, we can make a better one. I'm like, no, no, no. I'll call you back in five minutes. And the lady's like, like no, don't hang up. I want to know what's going on. Like, leave me. I will call you back in five minutes, okay? She's like, okay. So I called my wife. And she was with her dad. Um, I'm like, hey, Maribel. Um, they just called me from, from that job. What's up? Well, I got the job. What do you mean? Yeah. They're making me this offer, paying me, you know, X amount of, of dollars. What, what do I say? She's like in Spanish, are you a pendejo? And like, what are you waiting for? Say yes. I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to say yes. I just wanted you to know, you know? And she's like, well, hang up and do it. I'm like, all right. So I hang up and I call back. Like, yeah. When, when do I go? Yeah. Well, this, 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 and this. So I got the job and I was, I was part of that crew, an amazing crew of people with with people that I love dearly, with uh, with Jessica, with uh, the two Daves, with Earl, even our boss, Tony Kinkella, who, you know, at times it was tough, but it was that tough love 
that made all of us be better. Yeah. You know, sometimes we didn't see eye to eye, but him pushing us to be better helped me a lot and helped everybody. You know, it's like one of those bosses that you don't really like because he's kind of a, you know, a, right. a, a bad, not a bad uh, person, but it's just like so tough on you that you're like, oh, I yeah. want to punch this guy. But then at the end, you're like, you know what? Thank you for helping yeah. me because that made me better. better. So I was there for, for a few years from uh, 08 until 14. And at this time, I finally was able to stop doing the cleaning and all that stuff because I could focus on that. But then in 2014, again, uh, budget and all this stuff, and they let go of a bunch of people, one of those being me. At that time, I thought, ah, this is going to be easy. I'm going to get a job next because people know what I do. Nah, I called people that always said, hey, if you need anything, let me know. You call them, you text them. They don't answer your text oh, because, no because, you know, you, you're not there anymore. And they didn't answer the text or the calls or whatever. And you know who you are if you're listening. Thank you for not answering. Um, and I, now I'm not answering your calls when you ask for tickets. Or my bobblehead that's coming up September 15th. Benji Molina, pull us into bobblehead. Get your tickets now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, that's what happened. So I, I lost my job that I, that I dearly loved. And that is another experience that I don't wish anybody, yeah. uh, but that experience made me a lot stronger, even though that turned into a down, down world spiral for me. But again, with the help of a lot of people and especially my own help, because if you don't help yourself, nobody's going to help you. I was able to get up, keep, kept on going, never give up. I did many jobs, telemarket. I was that guy calling you to buy soap and buy <laughs> this and buy that. Sorry about that. <laughs> going back to cleaning carpets, going back to cleaning windows, and just, again, trying to stay afloat. And then you get, through all that, the opportunity in 2016, correct, to call a couple of Cardinal through, games. Through all that, with many little details, uh, in including one night when I was, in Mexicali and uh, calling uh, baseball games for winter. I got an invitation through a friend, Pedro Gutierrez, the San Diego broadcaster, who I met way before uh, because he's a good friend of my, 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 my brother in Tijuana. So, you know, everything interconnects so crazy that, uh, you know, he invites me over. I kind of convinced him to invite me. He did. And I started calling games. And one one night, because um, I never called games before. Yeah. And one night while in Mexicali, which is it's kind of like San Luis, when it's cold, it's really cold. Yeah. When it's hot, it's really hot. So it's December, winter ball, and I'm feeling sad again. I, I'm I'm having issues at home, and uh, and you know my family is is just like uh, thinking, or or at least I'm thinking that they're like not loving me anymore because different situations, and I'm not loving myself at that time. And one day I, I just sat there, and and uh, this is this is a very important people because sometimes we lose we lose faith, and like I said. I was never one to go to church every Sunday, but we all know that there's something out there. There's there's a, a higher power. Um, you call them whatever you want. I, I won't judge you. You know, you, you, religion, politics, and sports are very difficult to understand sometimes, and I don't like to get into that uh, with anybody, e even if they believe what I believe. I, I just don't. Um, I keep it to myself. So that one day, I was I was down. I was I was sad. I was like, it was a cold night, and I just. Dad, I just stood there in my room that I used to rent from an old lady in Mexicali. And I just said, you know what? I don't know who you are. I don't know if you exist. Whoever you are or if you exist, give me a sign. 
tell me that you want me to keep doing this. Because if you don't, I just want to go home and try to fight or try to figure things out with my family and, and do it or not. Um, so within five minutes after I had this long talk with the universe, I get a text from a very eloquent person that I love dearly. Um, he is the broadcaster for the Dodgers, who I became acquainted while working there. Um, Jaime Harin, 60-plus years legend. doing this. Legend with capital L-E-G-E-N-D. A good friend of uh, Jack Buck. He credits Jack Buck with Jaime Harin being in the Hall of Fame because Jack, really? uh, Mr. Buck pushed, say, hey, Jaime needs to be here. He deserves this. It's not because I like him, is because he deserves it. And he's one of, I believe, only three Spanish broadcasters that uh, um, there are in the Hall of Fame. So um, he sends me a text within five minutes of me asking the universe. And he's like, Polo, obviously this is in Spanish. I can read it to you in Spanish or English, you tell me. <laughs> I said, Polo, last night I was watching TV at home, flipping the channels. I came upon a, a baseball game. Now, you know, I love baseball. I start listening. When I start watching, then I start listening. And I listen to this voice, and I'm like, I know that voice. I know that voice. I don't know who that is, but I know that voice. And all of a sudden, the announcer says his name. His name was Polo Asensio. Let me just tell you, you have a gift. Don't give up. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm here to help you. If you ever need my help, don't hesitate. Reach out. I will do whatever I can to help you come back to the Dodgers and help us do different things. Because you deserve it, you are a great talent, and wow. you are not to be wasted. That's incredible at any time, much less when, at you, that had, moment. Yeah, when you had asked for some and, kind of sign. And every time, my friend, that I tell this story, happens what is happening right now. My hairs go up. I've told this story easily a hundred times, including to Jaime and his family. And every time, my hairs just go up. Oh, every single, even the ones that I don't have on top of my head, <laughs> they go up. Because it's insane. I don't care what you put it. I don't care what you say something trigger that moment. Yeah. So I said, you know what, Polo? If Jaime Harin is telling you to stick, that's the sign that you want it. No excuses. You stay here. Yeah. And I did. And I'm glad I did because from there to, to 16, a lot of things happened. And then on, on 16, I get a text from Eduardo Ortega, the broadcaster for mm -hmm. the Padres, who, again, I became acquainted. We had a good relationship. And he's in San Luis having dinner with, I believe it was Jesus Ortiz. He used to be a oh, writer sure. for San Luis Post-Dispatch, now with La, La Vida Baseball. So I believe Jesus um, told uh, Eduardo that the Cardinals were doing a couple games in Spanish and that if he knew anybody that you know maybe wanted to do it or he if he knew anybody not only wanting to do this, but with the talent to do this for the Cardinals. I mean, it's not a, a, a minor league Right. A uh, single A team yeah. is the Cardinals. So he sends me a text, say, Polito, good morning. How are you? I'm in San Luis having lunch with with a friend of mine, and he mentioned that they're looking for somebody. If uh, you're interested, let me know. I will ask for numbers, and I will put you in contact with whoever is looking. And this time, again, I'm at home. I'm, I don't have a real job. You know, again, cleaning carpets, doing different things. I'm like, what am I going to lose? I said, yeah, of course. So he gives me the number of Kyle Garcia. He used to be, well, he's a, he's part of the family that used to own Que Buena, the internet radio here okay. in San Luis. And I talked to Kyle 
And uh, he basically liked what, what he heard. He liked my story. I, you know, he's like, so tell me a little bit about you. So I told him a little bit and he, he loved the story. And he's like, you know what? You need to talk to my parents. And I think uh, we have, we might have something for you. So I did talk to his parents, but at the end he was the one who made the decision because, you know, he was the one pushing for this with yeah. the Cardinals, with, with, uh, with everybody broadcasting with the Cardinals, with Ann Carroll and Dan Farrow and Melissa too. Um, so, it happened that other broadcasters from other teams already, like established MLB broadcasters, applied for the job also, but he picked me. You know, he didn't go with the uh, guys with yeah. the experience. He went with the guy who was hungry. And, uh, you know, he brought me in. I met with with people from the Cardinals, with Ann Carroll, with Dan Farrell. And Ann Carroll and, and Dan, they liked what they saw in me. They liked what they heard. And basically they told him, Hey, um, we like this guy. Um, if if you if you're okay, we want him to be the one doing this and see what happens. So we did two games in 2016, and it turns into 53 this season. Uh, don't tell anybody I told you this, but it looks like we might add a few games this season. Wow! Uh, because you know some sponsors are jumping in as we go, and that's great because I, I understand this is a business. You know, if if there's no business, there's nothing. You might like me so much and, and you think I'm the greatest thing ever, but if it doesn't make business sense, there's there's no there's no way. Yeah. You know, everything baseball is a business, we know that. Everything is a business in life, even a marriage is a business. Um so uh, sponsors are jumping in as we go and it looks like it's growing. So yeah, it, it started like that. It started with with a text with a with a a, a lunch with Eduardo and, and Jesus, turns into a text to Polo, turns into a, a call to Kyle Garcia. And Kyle Garcia, like I said, he's been pushing this for a while. And the Cardinals actually said, okay, let's do it as part of the uh, September, the Hispanic uh, Heritage yeah. Month. And we did the two games, and it just happened. The first game, uh, Yachty hit a walk-off uh, double against the uh, against the Reds, and it went crazy. You know, people picked it up, ESPN, MLB Network, all of those. The big guns picked up our call, and... I mean, what you and Benji, Benji and I, yeah. And, so his brother gets the walk off, and you're going crazy. And, I mean, well, he's going crazy. Right. I'm calling. I'm trying to call and, the game. And he's going crazy. He's going crazy trying to jump off the freaking <laughs> booth up there. But uh, that's what makes this broadcast special, I think. Yeah. Not only because he's he's the brother of Yadi, or Yadi is his brother, but because he's so he's just as passionate and as happy as me. Sometimes we're too happy. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, we cannot be this happy. <laughs> I mean, the team is losing and we're happy. Like, mm -hmm. no, no, we're supposed to be sad and mad uh -huh. at the manager and, uh -huh. and at Wainwright for pitching that. Or uh -huh. No, no, no. You know, it's a game. It's not uh, It's not life-threatening if we lose. It's just, it's a game. Mm -hmm. It's a game, and that's how we we, we see it, you know. We, we are very professional in the booth. But we we can have fun. It's yeah. okay to have fun. Yeah. Let the kids play, like MLB says. But then again, they suspend somebody for having fun. But anyway, <laughs> having fun. that's not my business. I don't want to get. In, I don't want to get fined. <laughs> how do, how does this ballpark and this experience compare to what you grew up with? Whether it be the Padres, which you covered and also became a fan of, with the Dodgers, I'm I'm legitimately curious as far as an experience goes because you did cheer for two teams. Mm -hmm. and, and even though the Padres haven't had great success, they did win a pennant in 84. Yep. And the Dodgers, you know, had Fernando Mania. They played the Cardinals in 85, won a World Series in 88. How does 
How does the experience? And they have it? lost two in a row. They have had a rough couple of I World Series since. <laughs> I, I just said that for all of you that I'm following me on Twitter <laughs> and Instagram, Dodger fans, they're sending me all those beautiful messages right back at you, pal. But anyway, no, no, a little I mean, four game sweep here. <laughs> that was good. That was that was that was awesome. You know, now I'm I'm the heel. You know, like, heel turn. You did heel yeah, turn. I did the heel turn. So yeah. like when when I did this. I was tweeting. I was tweeting without words. I would just put like like Hulk Hogan with the NWO. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the gym. I mean, I love wrestling. We can do another another it's three hours wrestling of wrestling all day long. Oh my god, New I love wrestling. <laughs> um, people don't believe that I love wrestling, but I do love wrestling. And uh, and uh, so yeah, like when when the the Cardinals swept the Dodgers in the clubhouse, the Cardinals clubhouse. People, sorry about your Dodgers. I'm like, what? <laughs> The Dodgers people, get out of here, you and your Cardinals. I'm like, I, I have no land anymore. And like, the Dodgers don't like me anymore, the fans. And the Cardinals, some people, they're like, you're Dodgers. Poor your Dodgers. I'm like, no, 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 come on. Give me a break. But the experience here is great. Um, I tell people, you know, when when, when San Luis, they said they're the best fans in baseball, I am going to say, yes, they are. And if they are not, I want somebody else to prove me wrong. I've been to many different stadiums, uh, San Diego, like you said, especially in Dodger Stadium. And Dodger fans are crazy. They, they, they're rowdy. It's intense, They, they are intense. Man. It's intense. I was there for the 04 NLDS. Cardinals won and I'm surprised four. you made it out of there that, Oh, my God, man. They're like <laughs> screaming. I'm doing live shots for uh, KMOV here in St. Louis, and they're screaming. I'm like, man, these yeah. people are mad yeah. as yeah. hell. No, last year uh, when the Cardinals showed up, that was the first time ever I showed up to Dodger Stadium wearing something else. Other than Dodger Blue. And, you know, I was wearing my polo shirts with, with you know, San Louis or, you know, with being media, you have to be uh -huh. professional. But then one game, I did that, and then I just put on my Cardinals jersey that I was given, the, the weekend jersey, and I put it on with my hat, and my daughter came to me with me to, to that game, and she wanted to wear Cardinals because she's like me. She likes to yeah. stir up some, <laughs> stuff, some, some stuff. Sometimes they, she likes to stir up uh, stuff. Uh -huh. uh, um. And I told her, no, 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 you need to wear Dodger gear because I'm not going to be there the whole time, and I know how Dodger fans are. Uh -huh. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. They're just passionate. They're just extremely passionate. They're so passionate, they fight with each other. You know, <laughs> so, so, and, 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 but that's, it's completely different than here. Fans here, they show up early. They leave late. They cheer all day. They even cheer for the other team. Dodger fans, they have a... a, a the people, oh, they show up late and they come and, and they leave early. Not all of them. Yeah. You know, like like every sport, every, every when there's a fade or, or a face uh, or something that, oh, it's, a, it's the cool thing to do. Cool kids do that. Yeah, you have your Hollywood people, your LA people that are there for the gram, for the Instagram, yeah. the Twitter. Yeah. But then you have your hardcore baseball fans that show up before the first pitch right. and leave until the game ends. It's different, but it's it's the same. It's different energy, but it's the same. They both are great fan bases. San Diego is a lot more relaxed. Yeah. It's San Diego, bro. You know what I'm saying, bro? Let's catch a wave, dude. Let's go eat some fish tacos, Mission Beach, and all that cool stuff. Let's go to Rosarito. That's San Diego. They're yeah. super chill. They're super relaxed. And that is also a cool fan base their own way. Yeah. And like you said, they've been having some rough times. The Padres are coming. I tell everybody, the Padres are coming. They are for real. We saw them here. They took two out of three from yeah. us. Right now, they're in a funk, which you understand because it's a young team. A young team looking for a new identity, especially with pitching. They need some yeah, pitching. Yeah, I was about to say, their yeah. pitching is the They issue don't have there. that shutdown guy. Yeah. Like the Cardinals, they have Flaherty, Michaelis, 
Baca, yeah. that if you get into a two, three game losing streak, one of those guys can help yeah. you. I don't think the Padres have that guy yeah. right now. So as soon as they get that guy, this is going to be a different team. And, and it's going to be, I mean, they have a really good young team and they have people from under coming yeah. from the, from the, from minor leagues where you can trade during you know the, the push for the playoffs, or you can just groom mm-hmm. and get them there eventually. So those three, uh, it's it's different. And I've yeah. been to I've been to few. Yankee Stadium is also crazy. Yankee Stadium it can get rowdy, Intense. just like Dodger Stadium. Yeah. So it just maybe parts of the country, you know, New York and L.A. big cities, you know, dog eat dog world, yeah. and that's how fans are here in San Luis. People are relaxed, and that's how fans are. I mean, it's not a knock on anybody. It's just how it is and how it is. Yeah. Like I said, in Tijuana, you know, we're rough, we're tough, but soccer, we, we're crazy fans. Baseball in Tijuana, it's crazy. You have sellouts every night, and, and people like to have fun. Yeah. That's the way to have fun. As long as you don't hurt others, you are allowed to have fun. Yeah. Well, man, I'm telling you, your story is incredible. Um, I, I think a lot of people will listen to this and go, I can't believe this guy has gone through what you've gone through and gone from where you've been, take your pick, whether it be where Tijuana or from being in the custodian's office yeah. and, and, and doing what you're doing. So a major, major tribute to your work ethic and your perseverance thank you. to be where you are. Thank you. And, uh, and thank you so much for sharing the story. Cause there's a lot there, man. It's you see, because it's not my story. Yes. It is the, the story of the life of Polo as all Leopoldo Asensio. That's my name, Leopoldo. But nobody ever calls me Leopoldo. So I, Polo, since I was a little kid, my dad also Leopoldo, but everybody called him Polo. And when I officially, when I became a citizen of the United States after after living here for for a while, uh, good life, paying my taxes, so you get a chance to be the United uh, a citizen of the United States. I changed it to Polo. He was mad. Oh really? Oh man, because it, how it was his name Leopoldo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like dad, and at that time I was working with the Dodgers. And I'm like, Dad, do you know how much money costs three seconds on air to say Leopoldo <laughs> Polo like that? You know, so I'm actually saving yeah, my company yeah. some yeah, you're money. Saving some syllables. He there. he uh, he he didn't like he it, didn't but at the that. end he had to, you know, he forgot about it. I think I just bought him a bottle of tequila. And he forgot. About it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good strategy. Yeah. Well, you haven't forgotten where you came from, and you Never. make sure that's clear. You you bring that radio that you listen to games with, and you put that in the booth with yes, you. Yes, that that radio that I used to listen uh, um, when I was a custodian. Um, and even when I was at home, you know, like when so you uh, set that the in weekends, the booth, I say, I actually, that's uh, somebody asked me if that's the original one. I'm like, well, I worked as a custodian from 2000 to 2007. So the original one, I probably threw away because it, it will break yeah. or, you know, it will fall whatever. But the last time I bought this one, I bought like three more because I was like, you know what? They were like $4 radios. I mean, seriously, <laughs> it was like $4 radios. And I bought like three more just to have them in case this one yeah. breaks or, 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 you know, we'll, we'll break. And I used to listen to, to Vince Scully, the great Vince Scully. Oh, yeah. I used to listen to Jaime Harin when, when possible. And I used to listen to, to, uh, games from San Diego, even because the, the strength of the, uh, the, the, the radio station in San Diego was, it's huge. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You could listen better to that station in Santa Barbara from San Diego than the ones in LA. Really? Like, yeah. So at times when the Dodgers played in the morning or afternoon, like in the East coast, I will turn to the Padres in the evening. So I had four five, six, seven hours of baseball while I was doing my job. But to answer your question, I saved that radio. I don't know why I put it away. And then, um, when this happened, I'm like, where's my radio? 
And I was cleaning around looking for a tie or something, and I, I, uh, the radio's yeah. there. So I'm like, you're coming with me. <laughs> and that radio is going to be, it's, it's with me. It went, it went with me to, uh, to Monterrey. It's, it's been with me, with us in the booth um, here at Bush Stadium. And I don't know if I mentioned this, September 15th, Polo Ascension, Benjamin <laughs> get your tickets now, special theme ticket. The, re- the, the one thing I asked, look, I know players ask for this thing in their bobblehead. I asked for one thing. Let's put my radio on that bobblehead because without that radio, the story cannot be complete. And that story was completed for me the day I, I, I took a chance and the radio still works. Doesn't have a handle, doesn't have a dial, still works. And I found the station. And when I was listening to my interview, remember, not everything in radio is live. So we do our first segment live. Then we go to our interview with the player. You know, 10 minutes before the game, the right. players are not going to give you an interview. Right. So that's when the recording part ends. So one day I took a chance, turned it on, and I was listening the same way I was watching myself on TV as a custodian. Now I am listening to myself on the radio as a MLB broadcaster. And with that, that is a lesson for everybody to, again, don't let where you come from stop you from you want to be, even if where you want to be is so far-fetched that you don't even think about being there. Be careful. Be careful what you wish for because it is might happen oh man what a great story thank you man polo thank you so much for coming in here and sharing your story i appreciate it i've enjoyed thank the hell out of it now where, where do i pick up my boots <laughs> they're waiting for you outside the door <laughs> thanks man no thank you thank <laughs> you so there it is our conversation with cardinal broadcaster polo asensio here on the tim mckernan show how about him how about his story how about what he was doing just a few years ago how about what he's doing now and i'm telling you this I like to do buying stock. I do some selling of stock too. It's just awkward if I'm talking about selling stock. And by that, I mean people or shows or companies or whatever. Uh, But I will talk about publicly buying stock and I'd buy stock on Polo. I'd buy that all day long. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I just think he's, he's, he's got, he's got a lot to bring to the table that, that goes beyond uh, calling baseball games. And uh, I think St. Louis is, is lucky to have him um, as a representative of the franchise. And just really is just a guy, just a happy guy. And a guy who couldn't be more grateful. And then you think about it, it makes me go, God, I need to stop bitching about stuff with what he dealt with. And again, recently, recently what he dealt with. I mean, granted, it's been, the other thing has been going on for a long time. But recently, just a few years ago, he's cleaning bathrooms. And he's, you know, essentially, like he said, custodian. And now he's calling Major League Baseball games. And I'm telling you, I mean, he's 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 going to be doing it for a long time. And whether it be in St. Louis or he makes a return to, to being a Dodger fan, whatever the case might be, he's going to be doing it for a long time. This guy is is somebody that uh, that we are lucky to have. And, and really, like I said at the, at the outset, inspiring so, um, you know, it's a credit to Benjamin Hockman. He told the story. The story was only told in St. Louis media because of the rain out, as Polo said, on, uh, 
on opening day. And so Hockman was like, Hey, I know you have this story. Can I tell it? And that's where I read it. And that's when I texted uh, Iggy and uh, Pete. I said, Hey, let's get Polo in. Cause I want to, I want to hear more of the story. Hockman only has so much space. I want to hear the background of this thing. And I'm just like, Oh my God. So I, uh, I'm grateful that he told the story. He got emotional and, uh, and then he explains that just didn't hold anything back. So I really enjoyed having him in and hearing his story. Polo Asensio, the guest this week presented by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies from the homeloanexpert.com studios. Hey, don't forget. I mean, if you haven't been listening and you're just getting hip to this podcast, go back into the archives. I think if you're just like getting hip to it, you'd be like, you got to be kidding me. This is all there. I do this with podcasts. I find out about a podcast and then I'm like, oh, I got to go back and listen to it. And there's so much evergreen content, content that doesn't get outdated. Um, You can go back and, you know, go back to the Gary Pinkle interview that we started this whole thing with or Senator Jack Danforth or if you're a St. Louis media fan, whether it be Rizzuto, Mike Bush. Steve Savard, you know, I mean, all these uh, people who have been on, um, you know, from a St. Louis Rams walk down memory lane perspective, Isaac Bruce in studio, St. Louis Blues perspective, Keith Kachuk, Kelly Chase, uh, and then all kinds of Cardinals interviews here from when we were at spring training this year. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff. And then always questions from the audience every Wednesday. Email your questions. Any question is welcome. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Questions from the audience. We always like to hear from you. Thank you to the sponsors for making the podcast possible. Ryan Kelly, TheHomeLoanExpert.com. Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Design Air, heating and cooling online at DesignAirService.com. The number one train dealer in the Midwest. And Johnny Landoff Chevrolet at Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit. Online at Landoff.com. Chevy, find new roads. And they have that TMA buyback program. First off, you go in there and you say free dough to him. You get $500 off your car. So you look for Johnny the Third or Chip in the new car department. $500 off new or used car at Johnny Landoff Chevrolet just by saying free dough to him to Johnny the Third or Chip in new cars. And they have the buyback program. So even if you're not going to trade in your car, Johnny Landoff, they'll just buy it and they want to buy it from you. It's actually better for them than do it at the auction. So go out to Highway 270 in the Washington Elizabeth Exit or go online at Landoff.com. And they're such a good family, just like really good people. That's the place to go. Johnny Landoff, Chevrolet, Chevy, Fine New Roads, and, of course, James Carlton, the man who has led me and my wife and my son through the misery that was the flooded basement. I cannot recommend him enough. 314-961-4800, James Carlton. Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency online at carltoninsurance.net. For Gangster Pete, for Iggy, uh, for all of our sponsors, thank you for listening. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL Podcast Network from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios.